Hello friends and welcome to the latest Kings of Anglia podcast. Two league games done, two league games won and Ipswich Town are top of the table. So I think we can start planning the open top bus parade. Uh, I am Mark Heath, I'm your host as ever, but of course the men who really matter. And all three of them are with me this week, I'm delighted to say. The wit, the prospect and the mind. And I'm going to come to the wit first of all. Andy Warren, Hutch Hogan, you were off last week. Well, at least you you off most of the week. Back Friday for the pressers. Um, you're in a caravan in Norfolk. How are you, my friend? How was Norfolk? Uh, Norfolk was lovely, thank you. Yep, delighted to be back. Delighted that the sun has disappeared. Um, yeah, and we're we're into my uh, into my happy season. So job <laughs> job is good. What was the highlight of your week in Norfolk, my friend? What did what was the, what's the best thing you did? A lot of swimming. I like yeah. swimming. My what daughter is, likes swimming in, in the sea. Uh, sea and swimming pools. Good Pooler. lord! Any body of water that is you are, you are made of sterner stuff if you were I, getting in the sea. We love the sea. I've went swimming in the, been in the sea quite a lot recently, actually, quite quite regularly in the sea. You should see my friend. Massive he respect. Like, he looks like Michael Phelps now. Yeah, Michael. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like like you're like on the. Yeah, like you're on the Michael Phelps pancake, chocolate chip pancake diet. Like, doesn't he have like 30,000 calories a day or something? And then then a little bit of light swimming. Yeah. <laughs> 30,000 calories a day and do a couple of lengths. Yeah. Or, or that's, widths. That's the, that's the, or widths, yeah. That's the hutchy diet. Did you... um? Boys, I'm I'm digressing massively already. But did you um did you used to sew your your swimming badges onto your cosy back in the day, your little speedos or whatever you wore? I was more of a towel man. They all went on my towel. But I, I'm a very highly decorated young swimmer. I'll have you know. I've I got I got very what? high. I got very high on those badges. Did you? How high? As high as you can go, I think. As high we, as you can go. Wow. I, compl- I completed. I can think. I completed swimming. In my youth, wow. uh, but you, but you you sewed them on your towel. Yeah. Well, you obviously you didn't. Your mum did, but I've never heard of that. I thought most most of them had to go on the old cosy. Stewie, you you were posh. You almost went to a posh school. What do you do with your swimming badges? <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think. I think they went on the towel as well. I don't think they actually got so sewed onto the the speedos. Would be enough room. Yeah, I didn't there. have any. I, I didn't have many badges, mate. I swim like a brick, so uh, I could probably get mine on the speedos. Um, but yours went on the towel as well. Uh, Roscoe, I'm willing to bet you haven't got any swimming badges. I have no idea what you are talking about right now. I'm a good swimmer, <laughs> but this, this is very... Uh, I have no idea what you're talking about. This, this is surely not something that doesn't happen anymore. Probably not. Yeah, no. So back, back in the day when you were swimming, you used to go to your swimming lessons and you used to do certain distances and then get badges for it. Um, and Hutchie obviously did all the distances and completed swimming. You also have to, used to have to um, get into your pajamas and, and rescue bricks from the bottom of a pool to prove that you're a life prove you're a lifesaver. So Hutchie, you do that as well. I got I got that as well. Yeah, I got I think I got so far on it that you started getting like little metal pin badges rather than rather than just the sew on ones as well. Wow, that is impressive, my friend. Like so, like, like war medals. If I ever get in trouble in the water, I know who I'm looking to, and that's oh. you. Mark. I'll help you. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, right then, boys, I've, mass- I've massively digressed there. Obviously, you've heard all- the whole team, but I'll just quickly run through the intro. Um, Stewie, uh, Dr. Watson, how are you, my friend? I'm fine. Excellent. Uh, thanks for your input into the, the swimming <laughs> chat. 
And producer, <laughs> producer Ross, um, baffled by talk of swimming badges, how are you? I am very well, thank you. Excellent. The whole damn team is here. Ipswich Town, as I said, one at the weekend, 2-0. They've all got their swimming badges, I bet. Um, they're top of the league. Boys, let's start with you, Stewie. What do we make of it? Did you enjoy the game? And, and how excited slash um, reserved should we be at this stage? Cautiously optimistic slash encouraged is, is probably where I'm at on the scale at the moment. Um, the first hour was pretty forgettable slash scrappy slash drab. Um, and then it all changed with the, the substitutes. Um, credit to Lambert for for bringing them on when he did. I think we didn't. anyone who was watching the game could tell it was crying out for a bit of something um, after a sort of a slow start to the second half. And uh, on comes Lancaster, uh, Downs, Hawkins. They all made a difference. Uh, Ipswich really upped the tempo, uh, created quite a few chances in that final half an hour and uh, were very much deserved winners come the end of it. Hutchie, how good was it to see um, Lancaster back on the pitch? Uh, yeah, probably not as good as he felt to to finally get there. Twenty months is a long old a long old time. It's, this was only his twelfth, I think, twelfth appearance for Ipswich, which is which is pretty mad given how big a first impression he made at the back end of of twenty eighteen. So yeah, really good to see him back on the pitch. He's try, I think he's tried to claim the cross as his goal, which he's going to, he's really going to struggle to get that past the dubious goal goals panel, but it was a good ball and a nice little tap off, little pop off pass for Nolan for his second as well. So yeah. he, he fits this system perfectly in terms of a, a, a left, a left footed winger who likes to play on the right. He, he fits it perfectly. He's going to, there's going to be a lot to come from him. I think just maybe, maybe a little bit more patience required though. I'm sure there'll be sure. There'll be calls for him to start, next weekend but I, I'd imagine they might play it a little more cautiously with him but yeah he's a, he's a player I've always really enjoyed watching and just good to good to see him back again mm. and what did you make of the game as a whole Hutchie? So, similar to Stu really it, it, I maybe I maybe even more in the cautious camp right mm-hmm. on, on the scale of cautiousness to op- optimism I'm probably maybe a little bit further towards towards cautious um, yeah. In 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 terms of that that kind of thing, clearly that clearly it's been a decent start. You can't grumble at two wins, but I want to see I want to see a little bit more before I before I start getting getting too excited about what this season what this season might bring. There there's a sig- significantly tougher test down the line after what we acknowledged when the fixtures came out was a relatively kind start. So. Uh, we we shall stick. We shall see. Rochdale in particular should be should be one they really should be winning as well. But um, yeah. I'm look I'm looking forward to seeing what they what they can do against teams that you would ex- expect to be at the top end. Yeah, Rossi, you're obviously uh, watching at home under COVID rules at the moment. You can't get into the ground. Um, what what did you make of it watching at home? I know you said you struggled to watch football on the TV with uh, with no fans there. But um, what did you make of it? Impressed? Top of the league, baby. Top of the league. Yeah. Yeah, um, I was I was fearing the worst, you know, when it got to the later stages. I thought, oh, we're just going to be an itch-rich thing to do, be on top for most of the game, and then Bristol Rovers nick it at the end. But, um, you know, a good cross shot from Jack and then a great header from the Bristol Rovers defender to give, give us the goal. And I from there, I, yeah, I thought, yeah, 
we're going to win this game. And I thought the second goal was just a bonus, really. And But, yeah, I thought we played okay. But like the boys have said, I am cautious. I'm not getting too carried away. You know, we joke about top of the league, 100 goals, 100 points. You know, there's a little bit of banter that. But sometimes, you know, already, we've only played two games. So, you know, yeah, a lot of things can happen in a 46-game season. So, I'm, um, yeah, not getting too carried away. They certainly can, but Stu, I'm going to put to you, you put, you put in your Stu Says bit, excellent read, by the way, always is, Sunday morning. Um, if, you've, if you've missed it, go back and, and read that now. Um, you know, in terms of comparing it to last year's, obviously, flying start, when t- town were kind of grinding out results, really. Uh, but this year, uh, and again, obviously, we're not going to get too carried away, but they are actually creating chances, um, having shots on target. And also, obviously, sign there with Lambo changing things early, um, being able to kind of influence games in that way as well. So is that is that kind of reason to be more positive yeah I think aside from the fact that they've beaten teams that they should be beating and it's more the way that they've gone about it the way that there is now this identity of play um the way they are creating chances as well um I think we said in the before the season started that I wasn't as worried about the defense I think you can have an okay defense and still do all right in this division and but it was more that from pre-season, are we going to go back into this pattern of <clears throat> lots of possession without creating too many chances and struggling for goals? And um, what's happened in these first few games has kind of eased my mind a little bit on that because they ha- they have been getting plenty of shots away, plenty of working the goalkeeper several times. I mean, your boy Guion Edwards could have had a hat-trick, Ross, yeah. Um, yeah. When, um, in, in that latter stages of the game. So... Um, when they move the ball quickly and with purpose, they look like they're going to be a handful. Um, that was the problem for the first hour or so. It was a bit too slow, the build-up. And uh, I think Downs coming on certainly sort of raised the tempo of, of the game. Lancaster mm. added a little bit of quality with the with the final delivery. Um, so that that's what encourages me, the fact that they're cre- they are creating chances. Mm. Let's go to Kawe Army. And this is, this is coming straight to you, actually, because George Lee was the first response to the um, the appeal for thoughts. And he says, my only feeling is annoyance. We need to wear an away kit when their home kit clashes with our own kit, blue and white. Therefore, why make an away kit that clashes with blue and white? This is probably annoying me more than it should. Other than that, I'm very happy. Yeah, um, obviously, Ipswich Town's away kit, that lovely uh, aqua blue recycled plastic Save the Ocean away kit, laudable concept and uh, a very nice kit, in my opinion. Um, they didn't wear it. They went back to the... Uh, the last season's kind of Barca away kit. Actually, I know you are a kit man, so you'll have strong feelings about this. You can't, you can't wear it. You can't wear that that kit. It's uh, it's <clears> always <throat> going to be a, a struggle with if you're gonna if you're a team that wears predominantly blue and white. Although this current Ipswich kit is very blue. Mm. If you wear blue and white, having anything that resembles a white away kit is going to uh, is going to put you in a few a few situations, particularly when you play a team that wear blue and white quarters. Um, but you look down the fixture list and there's every chance we might get to December without without seeing this new away kit. Um, mm. which which yeah, is a long is a long old time. I've got a hunch there's a couple of games in there they may wear it before then. But um yeah, I how how long have you got? Because I want to talk about the shorts. I really, I really, I really, I really enjoyed the shorts that went with this kit. That that weren't any shorts we've seen before. They normally wore maroon with that with that kit last season, but this year 
they they busted out these sort of dark blue with a maroon flash on the back, which um, I've already inquired about how how easy it might be to get hold of a pair. <laughs> what um, is that their official third kit then? The one they wore yesterday. Well, that's what they've done. They've done that before with the, the kind of hung on to the the or I think they wore the the orange one at right. times when they've needed to. They, they've done that before, just hung on to the previous previous season's away kit. They did they did mix it up and get the Carers Trust sponsor on the front of this one though. I did wonder whether they'd just bust out a load of magical Vegas ones, but no, they did have the new the new sponsor. But no yellow on socks. On no, no yellow socks, Hutchie. Which I know they're, they're, they're a one off. Yeah, we're going to have to live have the memories of Wimbledon away in February or whenever it was. So we're going to have to live with us forever on those yellow socks. Cause I think that was a one-off. Halcyon days, happy memories of those yellow socks. Let's take a few more thoughts from the carry army. They'll come back to you. Talk a bit more about the game. ITFC thought says overall, I'm pleased with the start. The center mids have been enjoyable to watch. Most notably Nolan and Dazelle probably need a few more games before judging the strikers. Norwood and Hawkins are up to speed yet. Shame about Drizzy though, is he'd look good. And he says downs in for Bishop next week, possibly. Um, Dan Rosenblatt, do you think Lambert would have played 4-3-3 last year if he felt he had the players he wanted fit and ready to go from the start? I.e. Bishop Hughes, Lancaster, Sears not being available for large parts. We probably didn't have enough fit players for the system. I think we talked about that before. That was um, originally the plan, wasn't it? And then he's, I think he spoke to you, Stu, and said that essentially because Caden Jackson was playing so well in pre-season, he changed it up to, to fit him in. Um, Ross Wishart, 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 I don't know how you pronounce it. Love watching he, told, he told you how to pronounce it. I don't listen to things like that, mate. I'm a big deal. Got other things on my mind. Um, love watching the middle three bomb one, says Ross. Honey Badger vocabulary seems to have hit a note with Doz, Nolan, Edwards and Toto. However, Norwood's condition or lack thereof is a concern. Appreciate these returning from injury, but previous Paul Lambert words point to a, to a poor lockdown effort. Now then, boys, let's, let's talk about this because Tan obviously um, they've started well. They've scored four goals so far, not conceded any, but none of the goals have come from a striker. I know Freddie got two in the uh, in the Carabao Cup match, but he's not an out and out striker. Uh, and with this system kind of built around that that central focal point striker, um, is it a concern, Roscoe, that none of the goals have come from a striker as yet? My concern was that the midfield weren't scoring much like last year, and <clears throat> well, actually showing they are scoring this this year. Definitely my boy <clears throat> Guion, but um, sort of in a way. But like Norden and Hawkins, they're both. Both not really fully fit, are they? I don't think. No. Um, you know, Dryden was close for only when he did play. Um, We've got to talk about that as well at some point. Yeah, of course. Um, but no, not 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 so much. I think I'd, if we weren't scoring, then I will be going. Okay, why aren't our strikers stepping up? But we're scoring all over the park, so you know, yeah. I'm not too concerned. Stewie, last uh, last Friday, um, it was revealed that that Drizzy, Drizzy the Biz. Drizzy Rascal, etc., um, was injured. He came off at half time of his 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 uh, brilliant debut against Wigan um, with a thigh injury, and it turned out that's much more severe than first thought. And he's going to be out for a couple of months, not looking like he's going to be back until November sort of time, which is a massively cruel bro for a, a lad who's literally come um, from the, the very fringes of the squad and got into that first team mix and was kind of holding on to the striker's shirt. How much is Town going to miss Drynan, Stewie? Um, I think it was, we discussed before that I think it's a particularly cruel blow for him because I think this was his window of opportunity while mm. Hawkins and Norwood are still getting up to speed and he was taking his chance. That 
the situation and the picture might look a little bit different in two months' time when he's back and others are up to speed. So I think they missed his kind of hold-up play and his link-up play a little bit. Norwood was um, struggled to get in the game. You couldn't fault his, his work ethic for the opening uh what was it 67 minutes so I, I looked at the stats he only had 17 touches according to uh who scored.com um in 67 minutes hawkins came on for him and had 14 touches in the last 23 minutes almost the same mm. so i don't know i i think norwood doesn't have the same sort of positional discipline as as drynan but uh, and andy used this phrase when we were chatting at the weekend that norwood's sort of upper bar is probably higher than than Drynan's. I think you kind of Drynan was was a, probably a more of a reliable option in terms of just sticking to his job and doing it fairly solidly. But I think once Norwood gets up to speed, there's no doubt that he'll he'll uh, he'll get more goals than than Drynan. So um, yeah, real real shame for for Aaron, but um, I'm sure they'll get there with with Norwood and Hawkins. Um, in terms of the strikers not scoring, I mean Hawkins had a really good headed chance. Towards the end, Nor Norwood's had one off the line. I think in, in the Arsenal game, Drynan's hit the woodwork and forced keepers into saves. So um, they're creating chances. If it was, if strikers weren't on the end of chances, that's a that's a different question. But they are getting chances. Mm. Can we talk a bit, Hutchie, about John Nolan? Because you made him your man of the match. Um, he's been a standout player from the start of the season so far. Um, how excited should we be about Nolan? Because we've always said. I think most of us on here have said that you know there's a there's a player in there somewhere, but he's he struggled with consistency. Um, but he started the season like a house on fire, Hutchie, and we need to come up with a nickname for him now because Nolo, which town are using Nolo, is not doing it for me. Hello, Benson. By the way, yeah, <laughs> that is that, it is ridiculous. <laughs> it's also it's ridiculous. That is so yeah. ba so basey. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's the Barry White of the dog world. Um, uh, yeah. John Nolan. Um, yeah, yeah, another good performance from Nolan. Um, I think he came on strongly in this one, it, as well as the substitutes coming on and and getting things going. I think he stepped things up when the substitutes came on as well, um, mm. which which helped. Uh, I've always liked him. Always thought there's a decent player in there, but he, he has. He struggled with consistency. He's not. He's not been able to influence games high enough up the pitch, and that's what he's started doing now. His, his touches are coming higher; they're coming closer to the striker, closer to the box, and they're, they're becoming a bit more influential. His ability to keep the ball, use the ball, and kind of control control games has always been there, but it's just not happened for him in in the right areas of the pitch. So I'm re I'm really pleased to see that to see that happening now. Um, mm -hmm. I think we're probably going to get on to talking about. Um, Flynn Downs at some point in the next in the next few minutes, but if we're yeah. talking about if we're talking about him coming back into the side, I think Nolan and Nolan and Dazell have probably Downs proofed themselves, which has made yeah. which, which which says a lot about how both of those two have have performed over yeah. the first the first two league games and and the cup games as well. Just on the on the subject of Dazell before we go on to Downs, Zach, and I'm going to come to you on this one, Stu. Zach says, is there a worry? that Dazelle plays so well this season, he can then leave on a free. We should be trying to tie up his contract already. Thoughts? So obviously, Dazelle has been kind of in and out of the picture, but this season's very much in it, and he started very well. Um, yet to sign a new contract. So, Stewie, is that a concern for you, that Dazelle is literally going to play himself into the shop window and 
and be off before Town can do anything about it. But that's obviously that's obviously a risk, isn't it? But um, it's either that or he, he doesn't. He has another season of on the fringes, and he he would go anyway. To be quite honest, because I think he was getting to the stage where you know he needs to play games of football. Um, they've been trying to sort this contract out for a little while, going right back to the start of last season when there was talk of Norwich and another interest. Um, I think the fact that he wasn't getting regular game time was what what stopped that contract being signed. So he's an Ipswich boy, he's the son of Jason. If he's in a team that's doing really well and he's he's a big part of it, I still think they can get there with a the contract, hope, hopefully. Mm. Um, certainly if Ipswich were to get promoted. If, if they don't and he plays really well, then... You know they might struggle to keep hold of him, but um, it's just a shame it's taken to the last year of his contract for him to f- suddenly get this this run of games. I mean, he's started every match so far, five mm. five games. Um, he'd only have had three starts in a row before now, and then a handful of sort of back to back starts, kind of here and there. But this, you know, he's been parachuted. I know he's had the long term injury, but he's someone that kind of plays the odd game, doesn't quite take his chance probably playing out of position, then has to wait sort of three months for his next opportunity. And people go, oh, well, he's, Andre's never taken his chance. I don't think he's really been given a fair fair opportunity to to take his chance. And uh, yeah, he's he's been a real positive these first few games. Brad says, best player so far, Andre Dizel. Always thought he was capable, but how he stepped up the responsibility given to him, the fact that a whole game goes through him. He's possibly the best player at this level right now, closely followed by Nolan. Dave Gortz going through a few more thoughts. I'd be worried about the lack of striker goals if there weren't any being scored at all. But this starting system means the front five are all likely to get chances, and they have, and they're taking some of them too. Matt Thomas, fighting Matt, friend of the show, says with only five games in the next four weeks, I'm hoping Lambert sticks to his non-rotation policy. Continuity, especially when not inundated with matches, is key. Kill me for my confidence, but I don't see us getting less than 14 points from the first six games. Hashtag 100 points, hashtag 100 goals. And Christian Davis, Roth, I'm going to come to you on this one. Downs made a difference when he came on. Should he start against Rochdale? Credit to Lambert with his substitutions. Those changed the game. So Downs, we know um, the Crystal Palace stuff is kind of in the background, obviously moving on. Um, who knows where we'll end up with that. But for the time being, Downs is playing. His head's in the game. And if that is the case, Roscoe, should he start, make the first start of the season on Saturday against Rochdale? What are you saying? Yeah. I think so. I think he definitely, after his performance on Saturday, because, you know, I think one of the boys said he did change the game on Mm. Saturday. Even for the Fulham game, I thought he did really well as well. Um, And he is one of our best midfielders. So if he's here to play, then start him. Um, Who'd he drop out, though? uh, Probably Bishop, maybe. I thought he wasn't, I wouldn't say wasn't that great on Saturday, but I, I. out of the three, I think he wasn't um, weren't the better, better of the three. Um, so, and you know, still Bishop is still one of those where I do fear the injuries in there. And you mm. know, Nolan's been fantastic, and dazelle has been been fantastic as well. So, yeah, I would um, downs for Bishop. I'm going to come to all three of you on this because it's going to be obviously quite a big talking point this week. Hutchie, Flynn Downs. Time for him to start, and if so, who do you drop out? Do you agree with, with Rossi? Yeah, same, same as Ross, I think. Downs, downs for Bishop. I think you have to get him You have to get him back in the team at, at some point. Maybe a little bit harsh on Teddy, who, you know, he, he was quiet 
in this game at the weekend, certainly. We didn't see an awful lot of his his ability to get on the ball and drive with it and attack defenders, but uh yeah, I think I think the time has come now for for a man who you probably would still say is Ipswich's best player to get back into get back into their side, get properly integrated back into things again because he's a, he's a real bit while he's here he's a massive asset so yeah get him get him playing teddy teddy off the bench is a great thing as well i love i love teddy bishop i i love watching him play but there are times where i think he's a better impact can be a better impact substitute than a starter he can come in and, and use that ability to run with the ball and stretch a defense and test test people differently or offer something a little bit different so yeah i'd be i'd be fine with that with that one change to the side for next weekend. Stu, are you going to make it a full house on the downs topic? I sure am. Yeah, I think that's the, that's the obvious change. As Andy said, Dezel and Nolan have made themselves downs proof with their performances. I, I would have made Nolan man of the match again at the weekend. Dezel mm. is, is playing that deep role really well. Um, yeah, he's their best player and they've, they've got to get him back in, in the starting lineup. Um, He's uh, yeah, he's made a real difference off the bench the last couple of games. So that that would be the uh, the obvious change for me. And for those who maybe haven't been able to watch the matches, I know some of the games aren't available internationally um, and that kind of thing. Or, or obviously, people have got different things to do on a Saturday. The concern with Downs was that he would maybe come back in and, and kind of half half arse it and, and not be the the kind of all action combative player that he is. But there's been no sign of that at all, has there? He's been he's been hurling himself around the pitches with his usual aplomb. I don't think he's capable of playing at fifty percent. I think he's yeah. the I think he's the kind of the kind of lad that if he's if he's on the pitch he, he only really knows how to play the way that he knows how to play, which is a good thing. So no, I I never really worried about I never really worried about that with Flynn. Whatever's going on off the pitch, I never never really had concerns that if he was back on it, that he wouldn't he wouldn't be the same old Flynn downs. Hmm. Take a few more thoughts from the KAR. I mean, Mike King says, I'm happy with the start, but I'm not getting carried away. It's good that goals are coming from midfield, but the lack of goals from strikers is a concern. John Collis says, anyone for lockdown version two, points per game, promoted as fucking champions. Um, yeah, can we can we stop the season now? Is that is that something that might happen? Obviously, there's lockdown two looks like it's just around the corner. Uh, mouth 11, couldn't ask for a more positive start, consistent formation and selection. I'm not a worry just yet in terms of strikers, but if it continues over the next three or four games, then yes. And if Downs is leaving this summer, then he should not be starting. Edwards is looking bright in the midfield trio. Are fire. Harry Butcher, friend of the show, man with the arrows. I think it's good we're seeing midfield chip in, and I would put Downs back in for Bishop. Personally, uh, Lee Balaam, Towns start is okay. It's coming against mediocre opposition. Strikers, <clears throat> for me, are a worry, but I think Norwood will chip in when he's up to full speed. Down should definitely start, and the best player so far has been Dizel, consistently pulling the strings with style. Hot take, big year for him. He'll end up player of the season. Um, just, let's take a couple more. Nigel G, great start, but early days. Nigel G, of course, friend of the show. Hashtag, thank you for your service. Need to create more clear chances. 4-3-3 is working well. It will get better the more it's played. Nolan's looking good and positive going forwards, and Edwards also playing well on the left-hand side. Test will be when we play a better team. And finally, uh, Big John Watson, the fact we're debating should down start shows how well the three in midfield have done so far. Excellent point, John. Would have waltzed back in last year. Maybe Lambert will do the same and leave Hungry Downs to come on. Bishop was quiet this time, so maybe Dizel, Nolan and Downs this time around. Um, boys, is there any other notes from the game? I want, to, I want to kind of move on to issues arising from the game, but is there anything else you want to talk about actually game-related? Uh, 
I think there was signs of vulnerability from set pieces again, which has been a bit of a theme so far. They obviously got away with a couple early on against Wigan. Um, Bristol Rovers created next to nothing from open play, but they went close a whisker away from a couple of uh, deep dead ball deliveries that kind of uh, were inches away from um, players sort of connecting with them inside the box. So um, that's probably something that's a, a slight concern there. But overall, the I mean, we've talked a lot about the midfield and, and the, the front three, but the defence, again, looked uh, looked pretty solid, really. Chambers and uh, Ward at full-backs are just uh, really steady. Plenty of touches of the ball playing out from the back and, and uh, Toto and James Wilson you know, just won their battles. They've been up against um, Mitrovic, obviously a, a, a real top-quality striker in midweek. And then Brandon Hanlon there, Bristol Rovers' new new striker is is sort of a, a physical handful, and they they cope with him really comfortably at the weekend as well. So they, those two deserve a lot of credit. Hmm. Hachi, any any other notes from the game? Um, no, I think we've, we've covered everything really. Um, I think that I think a lot of the if we're going back to Norwood, maybe ever ever so slightly. I, I think he could he would have benefited more had Bishop been in the game a bit more um, hmm. because he needs. He needs support from from wide and also from from midfield. And in the hour he was on the pitch, they weren't able to to get up and and support him. I'm sure he had his played his part in that not being able to happen as well. But you no, know, going back to the strikers, I've got no no concerns about them at the moment at all. Superb. Shall we do as a small little break? Shall we do a Mark's big question and then return to issues arising from the game? Um, let's do it. Mark's big question. Question, question, question. Andy Warren, because you're on holiday last week and you've probably got a bit of post-holiday blues, I'm going to give you the honour of choosing the question. So oh, you've got, that sorted me right out. I'm sure it has, my friend. <laughs> yeah. Uh, between Questions between 1 and 22. Pick a number. Number 10. Number 10. What is your favourite quote? Can I just recite The Office? All of it. I, thought, I kind of thought that might be what you'd do. Yeah. What's your favourite quote from the office? Oh, there's there's far too many. I can't I can't possibly begin to give you all of them. I lo- <laughs> um. Oh look, here comes Hull down the motorway in a car. I like that. <laughs> uh, oh, I travel boy. That's also part of that. Yeah. Oh, I've, there's far too many. You won't be able to stop me if you get me started. If, I'm not. Um, I'm not into inspirational quotes. No, it's, it's not my bag at all. Um, more nonsense office quotes, please. How many times do you reckon you've watched The Office? Because your ability to recall the quotes is staggering. I haven't watched it for years. Um, I've watched it. I've watched it plenty of times, but not not as many as you might think. Stewie, what's your favourite quote? Don't need to. <laughs> Stewie, give me a favourite quote of yours. 
as you know, Andy and I have, have slowly morphed into the same person over time. Um, so I'm very much in the same camp. I know you're probably going to come out with a with a whole array of Muhammad Ali quotes in a minute. So I'll pass yeah. you over, I'll pass you over to the, to that. I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, my favourite quote it is probably a more serious one, but there's a great Muhammad Ali quote about uh, he who is not courageous enough to take risks will accomplish nothing in life, and I think that's a great. A great quote to live your life by. Generally, if something scares you, do it. Say yes to it, because what's the worst that can happen, um, depending on, on what it is, obviously. <laughs> uh, Ross, have you got any favourite quotes? Mama always said life likes a, was like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> Forrest Gump, that's your, that's your favourite quote. And always, you know, of course, Muhammad Ali, float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. That's the most Suffolk rendition of a Mahatma Ali quote I've ever heard. Float like a butterfly, sing like a beeper. <laughs> if Ali was Suffolk, that's what it would have been. Right then, boys, I'm gonna move I'm gonna move on from this because I feel like um it's just holding up proceedings we get onto notes from the game. Now then, Hutchie, first of all, very important question, which uh, I think everyone's gonna need to know the answer to. Your excellent Sunday snap yesterday, read it if you've not already. You noted that the players changed in a cider bar um, and then had to walk, after the game was finished, had to walk from said cider bar around the pitch in various states of undress to the showers. Um, and you also noted that one of the players emerged wearing just their pants with an ice pack shoved down front of pants, soothing a sensitive area. Now then, the bollocks, the testicles are an important part of the KOA. Uh, experience. Obviously, we know they're heavily involved in contract negotiations and transfer <laughs> So, which player on town side has got has got tender bollocks this morning? You didn't. You didn't say who it was. Did Did you not read the rest of it? Uh, it was I, it. Uh, it was in there. Was it? Yeah. I do apologise in that case, uh, but just it, just for the. It was little John Nolan with a ah. with the, the ice pack was outrageously big. <laughs> It was huge. It was like he was wearing almost like a nappy, wasn't it, Stu? Like with a with this outrageously big ice pack just hanging out the front of it as he ref- as he uh, turned, <laughs> as, as he turned down. Let's say he turned down the opportunity to do the post match post match press. Um, I don't think I don't know when we're ever going to get the chance to speak to to John Nolan because he's now been arguably the man of the match on two occasions and has twice made it very clear that he's he's not up for doing media duties he's um he's a very quiet man john nolan um that's not just us saying that like plenty of the coaching staff and teammates have said that and i think he might be him and toto have probably benefited from this kind of behind closed doors football a little bit um of late but uh yeah they were yeah nappy's probably a good shout sort of some faded white white fronty type attire <laughs> It was all a bit awkward. We were kind of the, the the handful of media were kind of stood behind the goal in front of the terracing, and um, yeah, down down came the players in their towels down an empty set of terracing around the edge of the pitch for the showers, and then and then back again. Um, that's that's the world we live in now. And do do we know how he suffered said injury? Did, was it a, a kick to the knackers or no? I, no idea. Absolutely no idea. He didn't show any signs of anything. Um, Maybe it's just a maybe that's his regular post match routine. There's nothing <laughs> wrong with it. Nothing uh, wrong at all. That's how he, he chills out after a game. Get the old uh, ice back on the nuts. Why not? Um, okay. Uh, the other thing I want to ask you about was, and I've got. A, I, I want to read something out first, which is a um, 
a comment from our old friend Sindre Lyson, our Viking friend, Norwegian. I made the mistake of calling Sindre Danish the other day, and he, he had a go at me. Oh. Fair enough. Um, Sindre says, a really solid performance. We have to remember that out of the players not playing, KVY, Wolfenden, Downs, and maybe Judge will probably be nailed on starters when it settles down. A lot of players playing aren't up to full speed yet. I also think Cornell will be first choice in regards to how we want to play. It's really positive stuff. And finally, he says, Chambo with another great game. I feel his bad games get highlighted, as everyone remembers Sunderland last season. I hope he knows how much he's rated and appreciated by a lot of the fans. Now, the reason I want to read that out here is because you spoke to Chambers after the game, Hutchie, and there does definitely seem to be a bit of a theme emerging. Our old uh, our old colleague and friend, Carl Marston, spoke to Toto after, after the Fulham game, and he said that his motivation for the season is to shut everybody up. Uh, and Chambers... Um, had kind of a similar message, Hutchie? Yeah. Um, before we get onto that, can I be really awkward and ask you to talk amongst yourselves while I go and answer my front door? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, they are knocking quite heavily. Um, I don't know who it is. I hope it's not important, but it, it's might, be my fa- but it might have been my family locking themselves out. Um, oh. So one second, talk amongst yourselves. Okay. I'll be. I'll be back. Stewie, let's come to, let's come to you on this topic then, because obviously you you tweeted about um, the the kind of theme. Do you, do you get the sense that the town players are kind of cultivating this us against the world mentality? Seems to be, doesn't it? You kind of they they did these the squad photograph pictures where they did like the goal. They've obviously done some different pictures for the goal gifts, mm. which have uh, which we've seen, and uh, both Toto and Chambers are doing the the fingers in the ears thing. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't. It's, it seems to be the case, doesn't it? About a lot of a lot of stuff's been written and said. I don't really know who that's aimed at, considering where Ipswich Town are at as a League One club at the minute. They're not. They're not exactly getting loads of media exposure. So, mm. you know, you're talking about BBC Suffolk, us as a, as local newspapers. The, uh, the TWTD forum. There's not a lot else beyond that, and 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 people on Twitter and social media and stuff. So, in the mm. case of Toto, I, I I gather that he was getting a few private messages and things like that, which which is obviously you, you can't condone. I don't understand why. Mm. It's one thing critiquing a performance; it's another thing going out of your way to private message someone and, and have a have a pop. But um, mm. I don't know what it is with, with Chambers. But as I've said to you before, if that's if that's what he needs to kind of get himself going this season. You watched the um, the Last Dance Chicago Bulls documentary over over lockdown, and Michael Jordan mm. was it was clear to like he always kind of almost had to fabricate some yeah. sort of slight against him throughout his career because that's what kind of pressed his buttons and got him going. So um, I don't know. Listen, it's the the players would be naive if they thought that. They shouldn't have come in for any kind of critique or criticism over the last couple of years. They've been relegated and they've finished eleventh in League One. I think, if anything, they've they've had it pretty pretty easy in terms of sort of the coverage. Uh, you know, if if it was a club like Leeds or someone of that ilk, for example, I think it would the, the noise would have been a lot louder, shall we say, that Luke would would be trying to block out. But um, if it's if it's getting him and the and the team going and that that's what they're using to uh, to motivate them this year, then then long may that continue. Hutchie, are you back? I'm back. Who was it? Postman. Got, Postman. Uh, yeah, got a, pair, a new pair of flip flops delivered, haven't I? Nice. Forgot about that. Are they slides? 
what are, what what are slides? Slides are what. Um, come on, mate. They're, they're what all the athletes wear these days. They're they're, they're not the traditional flip flop with the thong beneath your toe. Nah, nah, no, traditional, mate. This is yeah. traditional. These are traditional, made of re re. They're made of the same stuff actually that the, the Ipswich away kit isn't made from. Reclaimed reclaimed sea rubbish essentially. Oh, good lad. Uh, yeah, yeah. They're, I mean, really, I mean, they're really nice. I'm back if you're if you're an athlete of any kind of standing, you have to wear slides with socks. Um, that's that's the way it goes. Um, well, I'm not. So possibly the the first and only time there we had Stewie comparing Luke Chambers to Michael Jordan, one of the greatest athletes who, who will ever live. Um, but but we've referred to Chambers before on this show as Chippy Chambers because he always seems to have some kind of bee in his bonnet about something. Uh, you spoke to him after the game, and and obviously he, he was referencing nonsense and blocking out noise and that kind of stuff. Just just talk us through how he was after the game and, and, and your take on that whole thing? You say I spoke to him. I very, very briefly spoke to him because he uh, I didn't. He actually didn't take any questions from me because he needed to go and get on the bus. So literally the second he'd finished with the radio, sort of turned away and, and was on the bus. So um, he was being beckoned to come onto the bus. So I, I actually didn't really speak to okay. him, just, just the usual... Uh, the usual little little pleasantries, but yeah, like, I think like Stu says, if if this is the kind of thing they need to get themselves going, and you know what, actually blocking out the noise is probably something they should have been doing the whole time. Mm. Um, get on with your get on with your job. If that helps you get on with your job, I've got got no problem with that. Mm. The other thing I wanted to mention was um, I think we talked about it off air before we started recording, but Marcus Evans was was in attendance at the game. Um, and was elbow bumping and fist bumping players, which is a very un-Marcus Evans-like thing to do. Um, well, Stewie, we've we said before he seems to be a lot more involved with the team this season. Um, one wonders somewhere if someone's noting down how many how many games he's at and how many days he's in the country, because he has to be careful with stuff like that. But what, what's your take on, on the Evans thing? What, first of all, give, give us an insight as to what, what he was doing at the weekend, and because you, you actually went up and spoke to him, you were saying. Yeah, yeah. He's obviously, with no fans there, he sort of had the freedom of the ground to to wander around. It was sort of pre-match. I saw the back of a figure just kind of wandering around the edge of the advertising hoarding, and I thought I kind of recognised that that guy. And uh, yeah, as he as he turned past the corner flag, and I saw him side on. It was yeah, it's just Marcus, just sort of wandering around. He watched a bit of the the warm up, then he went and stood outside the the Thatcher's cider bar makeshift. Um, dressing room for the Ipswich players and uh, yeah, fist bumped them all as they went out of his way to kind of give them all a fist bump as they went back into the changing room. And uh, he's always stood deep in conversation with, with Lee O'Neill. He's at the vast majority of games, t- to be honest, and has and has been for, for a long time. Mm. Um, he was sat a few rows down in, in front of us and I kind of made a point of watching for his, watching him at points during the game. Um, after the, they took the lead, he looked very much like a, a nervous football fan, constantly sort of checking his watch and shifting about in his seat. And then when that when that clincher went in, big slap of the hands together, p- punch of the air, sort of a, a roar of relief, just looked like any other normal Ipswich Town fan. And for anyone who thinks that he's not emotionally invested, what if anything, he's going to be more emotionally invested than than a football fan because he's got millions of pounds riding on it and. We've had the big debates here about, you know, the mistakes that have been made and and his his overarching role in this this the club finding itself at this point. But um, to say he doesn't care, I, 
I think would would be uh, massively doing him a disservice. And he's he's far far more hands on now. I think he he'd stepped that up in the last um, year or so in terms of being at the ground a lot more and uh, being involved. But I think that's gone up another level this summer in mm. terms of going to the ground, having individual meetings with players. Um, being a lot more hands-on in terms of the, the football side of things and dictating to Lambert that this is the way it's got to be this year in terms of the five-point plan and everything. So um, part of that might be to do with the fact that other parts of his business are, are struggling in the in the current climate and he's able to kind of really throw himself into into the football side of things. I don't know, but um, you, uh, you can tell he's a man that knows that this is a very crucial juncture for Ipswich. So... Um, mm. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, a lot of things have been learned finally, and uh, they get it right this year. Interesting. I uh, just want to take a few more thoughts from from listeners. Peter McLeod, our Amsterdam correspondent and setter of mastermind questions, says, "With the hole in the hull of hashtag HMS Pistol League now patched up, she's full steam ahead again. But with the hashtag Drynamo, now I like that Drynamo boys sidelined, and our existing front men not firing on all cylinders, what sort of money should we be forking out to purchase?" a reliable 20-plus goals per season striker. Now, Stewie, at the end of last week's show, you hinted in any other business, you hinted that Town maybe uh, haven't finished in the transfer market. Um, so do you want to expand any more on that? Peter's saying, do we need to bring in another striker? Obviously, there was the, the Caden Jackson rumour, and Hutchie, I know you're big in, in the Caden Jackson business. You're well-connected there. So um, what do you reckon, boys? Do are town going to make any more moves in the transfer market? And Hutchie, what's what's the latest on the KJ stuff? Um, I'll, I'll be honest, I've I've not checked in on the Caden stuff for the for a few days. He's mm. I don't honestly all all the way along. Those talks from elsewhere about Birmingham and things like that. It's mm. always sounded to me like that was that was not that was wide of the mark. Um, I'm not convinced there's been a bid from, from Birmingham. He's back training now and he'll be another one that'll be good to see him back on the pitch and then maybe we can we can move on from that one as well, maybe until until anything concrete actually happens. Yeah. So are you alluding to transfer dealings? Is there uh, do you want to expand on that anymore? I can't really add anything on that at the moment. I mean we've still got a fair bit of time, haven't we, in the transfer window? Is it uh October sixteenth, Andy? Yeah. The yeah. domestic window shut. So um I, I still think that they might they might have a little look. I mean a lot will depend on how how things go over the next few weeks, if there's any more uh injuries. Obviously the drying and one slightly changes the the striker situation. I wouldn't be rushing out to go and get another striker. You can only play with one with this system. Mm. Um you've got Norwood and, and Hawkins. I, I don't see any rush to go out and sign another striker. I think the 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 area, as I said before, would be another winger uh, to play in that that front three. You've got as as exciting as it was to see Lancaster back, and by all accounts, he's been absolutely on fire in, in training mm. throughout throughout preseason, and uh, high hopes for him. But they might have to just be careful with him. I don't know if you're suddenly going to get 46 games out of him this year. Then you've got Edwards, Sears, um, Judge. We've talked a lot about maybe mm. not being as suited to the wide role. So I would I would be more inclined if they were going to go down. Uh, another addition route to go down the, the wide route. Mm. 
Take a few more thoughts. Chris Miles, the most pleasing thing is we're creating a lot more chances than last season. We won't score them all. We'll have some nil-nils or losses this season. But I also think by playing this way, we'll have a couple of four-plus goals in a game and put some teams to the sword. And Kevin says, Saturday looked like it was heading for nil-nil. So pleasing that we found a way to win. He says, however, why does there seem to be no timescale on KVY injury? So we just need to touch on that as well, because obviously injuries is becoming a bit of a, a theme as well, as well as the us against the world situation. Dryden obviously went down. Um, Judge missed out on Saturday with an injury. Um, so the, the injury list is becoming worryingly long. Um, now, I guess you could say it's an, a kind of inevitable outcome of players being deconditioned and not playing for, for six months. But KVY particularly, nagging Achilles injury, leaves me um, quite worried about that term. Uh, Hotchie, injuries. Well, well, that's. I think that's why there's no time scale on that because mm. while while that in, while that injury is nagging him, they're not gonna they're not gonna play him. So, mm. by all accounts, it is just a nagging one. It's not anything hugely sinister at, at this stage that they've found. But if it's nagging him, there's you you don't you don't risk. Achilles injuries. We saw with with John Walters, didn't we? Who um, when he signed mm. back in whenever that when was that twenty eighteen August September time twenty eighteen he he had a bit of a nagging Achilles problem played and, and blew it out and mm. that's why you don't why, why you don't um, why you don't risk those kind of injuries. So no, in terms of a timescale for him, I'm, I'm not sure there is one um, mm. at the moment, but they're hopeful it's it's sooner rather than later. Mm. On the wider issue of injuries, Stuart, is, is is that something that's a concern at town, or is it just, as I say, kind of an an inevitable, unfortunate side effect of, of players yeah. being out for so long? I, I I do get the cynicism from fans because it's like here we go again. What why do we always seem to have a long injury list, and people are always going to reference back to McGoldrick and Webster always being injured, and then they go elsewhere and they they've been fine since. So I do get the cynicism there, but I also have a lot of sympathy with the club for these strange circumstances. I think uh, Stuart Taylor said last week that they've seen that muscle injuries across across the leagues have gone up by, I think he said 21%. And then Lambert did press a few days later and that number crept up to 28%. But um, So I don't know what the official figures are, but there's, there's no doubt that um, footballers having not, played for five months and then going straight back into a, a pretty hectic schedule of Saturday, Tuesday action was always going to see a rise in, in muscle injuries. Some of them are, are, are sort of freak injuries, you know, Lancaster concussion in training, ones like that. But um, um, the club, you know, we've asked them a lot over over the years about the, the sports science stuff and could they do more to prevent some of these? They've always kind of, said that they don't think there is, but um, I'd be interested to find out a little bit more about what the sports science setup is uh, um, at the moment, because they, they made a big deal of that when, when Hurst came in and that was going to be part of them moving into the the modern game and upping their sports science and everything like that. So, um, but for me, I, I think there was an inevitability that there was going to, you were going to get a few muscle injuries um, given the circumstances. Hmm. Now, we've been going for about an hour, so I don't want to go on for too much longer. Obviously, this weekend, Rochdale at home. Um, we'll talk about that on, on pod number two of the week. We're going to try and do Monday and Thursday pods going forward. Um, but there is a big possibility, hopefully, that fans will be there. Town are, are taking aim at this being 
their test event. And so, in theory, there could be up to a thousand fans there. There's no there's no update on that though, is there, Stuart? They're just it's essentially a a case of of wait and see and wait and get permission, isn't it? It's what they're aiming for, but yeah, suddenly Boris could pop up on the telly and uh, everything could change again, which is mm. essentially what what happened uh, with the the last set of changes. Um, they were obviously aiming for a test event of about three thousand until the, these sort of one thousand restrictions were put in place. Um, it depends how sort of late in the day they they get the green light and everything, because then logistically you've got to then work out which fans you let in and. Uh, all of that sort of stuff. I think there were. Did, I think you said uh, off air there was a couple of clubs that were aiming to do it at the weekend, but they in the end they didn't because they just didn't feel they had enough time to get it organised. Mm. So, um, yeah, I'll do do a little bit more digging on that today. See where we're at for Saturday. Yeah, Luton certainly one of the sides that um, got the green light and then uh, said they didn't have time to organise a safe return of fans. So hopefully, town get nice and early. Uh, nod on that. Obviously, you have to go through an approval process and. Tick various boxes. Rossi, are you still with us? You're not falling asleep? I'm here. I'm here. Excellent. We should also mention, of course, the Tractor Girls, who returned mm-hmm. to action yesterday. It was their first game of the season, wasn't it? Yes. Official game of the season. Obviously, that season and historic season, but um, wiped from the record books because of what happened. Uh, but obviously, everyone really knows that they did get into the uh, the FA Cup quarter. Was it quarterfinals they got to? Or uh, fourth, fourth round? Round. Fourth round, yeah, and they, they did incredibly well anyway. Yeah. So yesterday, they, they kicked off against Hashtag United. Um, ridiculous name for a team. Stupid. And, and, and they won. Yes. Yeah. That's your cue to talk a bit more about it. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, um, I think, you know, they're just relieved that they're, they're playing again. And, you know, you know, town fans were able to go and watch it. You know, there's about mm. 200 plus fans there. So Cracking goal as well. Yeah, absolute cracker. You know, for a defender to hit that like that, she wasn't even in the starting eleven. You know, before kickoff, but then there was an injury in in the warm up, so she was put in, and yeah, an absolute belter. Who scored it? Uh, Lucy Egan. Lucy Egan. Yeah, that's gonna that's gonna that's gonna go online. We've got a little video of that. We're gonna put that online shortly. In fact, that'll be my job after we finish here. So go and watch that. Is is absolute cracking goal. Sweet as a nut, the hit on the volley. Um, so I'd imagine. Obviously, on the back of last season, the ladies are very much hoping for another all-conquering season that actually stays on the books this time. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, I think this is um, this league is one of the toughest, I think, leagues um, to get out of. So it will mm. be a tough season, but that is the goal. And yeah, hopefully a double promotion season for, for both the men and the women. So I've jinxed it now, but you know, what it is what it is. That would be amazing. When are the ladies next yeah. playing? Uh, this weekend, Billy Rookie on Sunday. Sunday, away at home? Away at Billericay. Away, okay. So um, follow that uh, on Twitter. I'm sure uh, they'll be um, posting updates. Our old friend Kieran is, is very good on the old Twitter front. Boys, is there any other business? Anything else to discuss before I, I run through my usual spiel? Okay. No other business. I've thought of I've thought of a quote. Yeah. Um, I liked the quote when Stephen Gerrard was asked what his favourite cheese is, and he replied. <laughs> Melted cheese. <laughs> it's the right answer. You can't you can't fuck around with melted cheese. It's lovely stuff. Roscoe, any other business? Nope. Nope. Okay, well, thanks very much for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. If you have, please hit subscribe on your various podcast providers. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes. I know as a boom, the champ champ of the live strike left us a review, which uh, was fantastic. Thank you, Aaron. Uh, and also follow us across all our social medias, uh, Kings of Anglia on YouTube. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, 
anything else that we should be on, um, follow us on that. And yes, so I hope you have a a good start for the week. We'll be back on Thursday for a a kind of preview slash mailbag potential show. Um, Yeah, so we'll speak to you then. Have a great first part of the week uh, and we'll we'll speak to you again on Thursday. true crime to football, Brexit to football. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon. Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.